the hard shoulder on News Talk with the all new Nissan Juke, the coupe crossover by Nissan. Nissan, innovation that excites. And time for the Hard Shoulder Health Check on the Hard Shoulder this week with myself, Kieran Cuddy, and Dr. David Barton joins me now, consultant cardiologist at the Beacon Hospital. Uh, David, it's good to talk to you. A cholesterol on the agenda this week. Uh, maybe I'll start with what to you is probably a silly question. What exactly is cholesterol? Hi, Kieran. Thanks for having me on. Um, no, it's, it's not a silly question at all. I think um, it's, it's out there in the media, but I think people have a poor understanding of, of what it really is. Um, Essentially, it's just a type of fat. Um, it's, you know, a, a key building block of, of pretty much every cell in the body. And it's also involved in, you know, the production of certain hormones and also uh, the digestive process as well. Um, now, having said that, the body produces all the cholesterol it needs. So we don't really need cholesterol in our diet at all. All oh, right. Okay. So, but it it so this is naturally occurring uh, thing. But obviously, we we do we don't need it. We do supplement it uh, with our diet, and uh, we hear of all these things that are you know rich in cholesterol. You know, butter and beef and, and other things. We also hear though about good and bad cholesterol. Like, well, what's the difference there? Yeah. So, um, as I sort of alluded to already, cholesterol is necessary for basic functions of the body, but the body kind of takes care of that itself. Um, the conversation about good and bad cholesterol really comes from different compounds that the body transports cholesterol with. So kind of in, in simple terms, LDL cholesterol is what we call the bad cholesterol. Um, and that's the cholesterol that gets deposited into the walls of our arteries and leads to heart attacks and strokes. Um, HDL is kind of what we call a good cholesterol. Again, it's another sort of compound or molecule in the body that transports cholesterol, but thankfully transports cholesterol away from our blood vessels back to the liver to be excreted or, you know, to be to be getting rid of, essentially. Okay, so that good and bad cholesterol, uh, does both of it exist in foods? Are some foods rich in good cholesterol as opposed to bad? Yeah, so vegetables, fruits, um, peas, lentils, things like that are, are higher in good cholesterol. So they well, they, it's not that they're higher in good cholesterol, but they promote the good cholesterol more in our, in our bodies, if okay. that makes sense. And what about um, the other end of the spectrum then? What, 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 what's full of bad cholesterol or promotes the, the, the production of bad cholesterol? Yeah, so saturated fat. So foods high in saturated fat and trans fat. So red meats, processed meats, sausages, um, salamis, things like that. Full fat dairy products, eggs. All, all the good stuff, basically, is what you're 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 listening out to me there, David. Yeah, exactly. And I haven't even gotten to the sweets, chocolate, and uh, oh. pastries and things like that yet. So, like the the I, whatever about sweets, pastries, and chocolates, I suppose, a, a problem in the diet of everyone in the Western world. Like we do have a kind of a, a high meat, high dairy diet in this country, don't we? We do. Um, we do. I'm not sure we're we're necessarily significantly higher than the rest of Western Europe, but yeah. I think our, our, our diet and our culture tends to certainly uh, involve a lot of high cholesterol foods. And, and what then is the, the, the manifestation of that? How, how do you see that as a problem in, in, in patients? Uh, well, unfortunately, high cholesterol is, is, is the, one of the main 
sort of risk factors for developing heart attacks and stroke, which which remains the highest cause of death in the Western world. So it's um, an incredibly, you know, uh, detrimental part of our culture and society, unfortunately, when it comes to health. Um, again, it, it's something as well that's not really symptomatic either. So, you know, people don't have a symptom from it, so they don't know whether or not they have it unless they get it checked. And uh, over the last sort of 20 longer, even, you know, half a century, our, our culture and our, and our society is just, our diet has, has, has had an exponential increase in foods that have uh, cholesterol in it, unfortunately. So uh, it's, 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 it's a pandemic of its own kind. Okay, well, then let's talk a little bit about uh, people who want to avoid having a problem with high cholesterol and people who do have a problem and they want to do something uh, about it. Uh, let's start with the first group. Is this the simple advice to avoid some of the food groups that you were talking about there or at least reduce them? Yeah, diet is the most effective way of reducing our exposure to cholesterol and, um, you know, avoiding the food we already touched on is the most sort of beneficial way that we as individuals can avoid it. Um, Unfortunately, some folks just have a genetic predisposition to it regardless. Okay, so it it, it runs in the family. It does. It it, it does to a a smaller extent. I mean, diet is by far the biggest... um, Contribute, contributor to it um, but some folks do have a genetic predisposition as well uh, what, what, Is there a, a split in gender as well are men more likely than women or vice versa There isn't actually a split in gender um, men get higher cholesterol earlier in, 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 in life than women um, women tend to develop high cholesterol after menopause whereas men you know we recommend screening for high cholesterol in men after the age of 40 and in women uh, after the age of 50 all oh, right. Okay. So that's interesting. So, so, so uh, men uh, they're a bit a bit different. Um. Well, you 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 mentioned the different ages. I mean, people should they not necessarily worry about this then until they're in their forties or fifties, or or is it something we should be conscious of? No. It's unfortunately it's what we call a primordial process, which means that it starts really at birth. Um. So. You know, we from from certain studies we've seen that cholesterol starts to deposit in the arteries of the heart and the head and neck and the legs and things like that, even in the teens and early twenties. So um, <clears throat> these measures to 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 kind of uh, avoid getting high cholesterol down the line are really important in in, in children, teenagers, and uh, and people in their twenties and thirties. All right, okay, and 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 even for them, then I suppose that the advice is to parents. Is the same advice you're giving the parents themselves? It's it's to modify their diet uh, above all else. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then, Dave, uh, David, what about people who? who have a problem, they go to see you or they go to see their GP or they go to see someone and they're told, listen, you've, you've got a lot of cholesterol there. Like, first of all, before we talk about how they might reverse that or remedy it, how might a problem of high cholesterol manifest itself for those people? Um, well, like I sort of touched on, unfortunately, we don't know. A lot of folks have high cholesterol until they come to the hospital with a heart attack or a stroke um, because they just haven't had it checked in the past. Okay. Um, the, the other way is some folks, if they have a family history of heart disease, um, they should get screened. Um, and like I said already, anyone, any man over the age of 40 or any woman over the age of 50 should be screened routinely just to see if they actually have it. Um, outside of that, like I said, there's no symptoms, so we don't actually 
um, have another way of detecting it unless folks are coming uh, to get screened. All right. Okay. Um, if people do get screened and they find out they have a problem, what do they do? Well, it it depends on the patient themselves. So we generally individualize it to each person. Um, so we don't usually take the cholesterol by itself in isolation. We'll assess what their blood pressure is, whether they're a smoker, if they're a man under the age of 50. We assess other risk factors for heart disease and stroke and things like that. And then we essentially develop a prediction of, of what's the likelihood of them having a heart attack or a stroke over the next 10 years. And based on that, we tailor how aggressive we are at bringing the cholesterol down. So if somebody is what we would label as low risk, but their cholesterol is quite high, we might just recommend the lifestyle changes for maybe three to six months to see if that can get the cholesterol to where it should be by itself. If that doesn't help, then generally, invariably, we'll, we'll recommend going on a, on a medicine to bring the cholesterol down. Right. On the other end of the spectrum, if somebody's very high risk or somebody has diabetes or who has kidney disease and their cholesterol is up, we know those folks benefit greatly from us being very aggressive and getting their cholesterol down. So we don't even try life. We, we recommend the lifestyle modification because we know it's good for the heart, it's good for the body, but we generally will put them on a medicine quite quickly because we know they'll gain a significant benefit from it. Right. Well, listen, David, we really, really appreciate your time uh, here on The Hard Shoulder. Dr. David Barton, a consultant cardiologist uh, at the Beacon Hospital. Plenty of advice uh, there for The Hard Shoulder uh, listener. 